year, peeps. Happy New Year. Oh yes. Wow, that's like our like our one line we've always said. We need to have a fucking shirt of this, like oh yes, and like maybe like Phoenix Wright's hand is like pointing, and it says oh yes instead of objection. All caps. All caps. Guys, you already know who this is. This is uh, the Trigger Happy Chatterbox. And this is the world's greatest detective. And this is Dead Bat. Um, it took us a little bit to get back into the swing of things. I realized that we've been kind of gone for about months. And uh, we've been been kind of busy. We had a couple things come up. But we have some dates as far as anything goes for our next, uh, our next area we're going to go to. Um, we're going to do a soft reboot of the entire landscape of what we've been talking about. We're going to start from the beginning. Kind of where... It kind of began for me and my co-host. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, we, we we just figured we'd give you a little more backstory on ourselves and uh, where where we got into comics or you know video games that kind of thing and why. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Kyle, I think if anything, why don't you take it off first? If anything. It's all good if you want to take it from from there. The one thing I will say, guys, is that we're not only going to be trying to get ourselves from uh, SoundCloud, but we're also going to try to get iTunes up and running. So that way we get to upload every single you know part of the season because we have a season going on right now. Um, for iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, we're going to try getting that up. That way, if you're driving and you have only one of those, it's cool because we're going to have it up there. Hell, we'll probably have Stitcher, not anything else. Bro, Stitcher. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think where I got into it was uh, I, I grew up on the uh, Tim Burton Batman, the um, you know eighty nine ninety two. Uh, that that was my shit, and then um, I think Batman Forever actually came out the year that I was born. Um, ninety five. And then there was Batman and Robin. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about that. Um, oh, yeah. That's like, I just, I found out about a while ago that they use that or Britney Spears as a form of punishment death row. I call bullshit. No, seriously. It was like a statistic that was written down for it. Like, you either get this or you get this. I'd rather take Batman and Robin than Justin Bieber's baby. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I was like, I was reading that. I was like, no way. Like... It is that bad that prison inmates get to watch this shit? I mean, I, I can't blame them to say no, you know, but... I mean, I kind of watch it as a comedy, to be honest with you. Like, when Batman and Robin are in a rocket ship and Freeze has wings, butterfly wings. When Robin yells cowabunga. Yeah, while, while surfing on the fucking doors. I'm like, all right, but that's not how physics works at all. But okay, you know, yeah. do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. A- anyway, um, yeah, I grew up on that. I grew, And then uh, I was introduced to Marvel in 2001. I was six years old. And uh, I saw the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. And that was that became my shit for a while. Um, and uh, I, I I saw them all in sequential order, uh, and then in two thousand eight uh, they came out with the uh, you know the first Iron Man movie. Yeah, and I was like, you know, I did I didn't know very much about the other heroes at the time. To me, at that point, the only heroes that existed were Batman and Spider Man. That was it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I was introduced to Iron Man through the uh, the likeness of Robert Downey Jr. And uh, that that kind of got me into comics, so I've been reading the Rebirth stuff and uh, a little bit of Marvel stuff here and there. Yeah. Ooh. I was, uh, well, I can tell you right now that me and Kyle are from two different landscapes off the U.S. We're, I don't know, it's Florida, New York, but um, I started reading comics when I was uh, seven, eight years old, and uh, my father would always take me off the George Washington Bridge, which if you've never been to New York... That scenery is fucking beautiful when you go up on that bridge. The lights are from top to bottom up there at night. It's the most beautiful scene ever going up there. It's like you're going into a world of just dreams. And it's this beautiful landscape. The The lights never go off. That's basically what it is. Um, but I remember every other weekend, Dad would get me a haircut. By the way, a Nas Illmatic haircut with the line that comes off the head. Bro. Yeah. I, we, I was there. I was on that tier with the white Nike sneakers and everything. <laughs> Um, and, um, 
dad used to take me to this one comic shop in the Bronx. And um, it was one of those things where I would read everything from Captain America to, yeah, I was one of those rare breeded Deadpool fans who just, he did loving the uh, the Joe Kelly volume one and two of just uh, of that stuff. And then reading some of, you know, the sensational She-Hulk, which my girlfriend's now currently into. Um, and then you have your DC stuff. That's really cool too. You know, you back then DC was dominating. You had stuff from like Batman Beyond on TV to like, you know, the death of Superman in '93, which I I feel really bad to say this, but that is my favorite comic out of uh, all the Superman comics. I just I just I fucking hate Superman. If I ever show my hate <laughs> for this character, it is right the fuck now. I cannot stand that character. He's always winning. He's always winning. <laughs> God damn it. Like, seriously. But um, as far as anything goes, it's one of those things where the movies, uh, X-Men was the first one that I jumped into in 2000 and in 2001. Um, I'll never forget it for those that have remembered before the 9-11 attacks, uh, the, the commercial that popped up for Spider-Man. I don't know if you saw it. It was a oh, yeah. it was a bank robbery that happened, and the crooks were going off in the helicopter, and Spider-Man with the web caught them on two of the towers. Bro, and it was there. Obviously, the commercial got pulled because of the recent, you know, nine eleven attacks at the time. Yeah, and um, yeah, that was huge. You know, back then it was one of those things where I think, you know, nine eleven, and then you had the stuff that happened with comics and movies. It it kind of flourished in a way where we were wanting to find some kind of escapism from what was going on at the time, and this hit at the perfect time. You know, Spider-Man and X-Men were the two movies. I don't think we would have an MCU had it these two movies never even existed. I mean, I really think um, that's that's why anybody reads comics. Whether it's 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 one of three things. It's it's either you um, you you genuinely admire the character or characters that you're reading about, um, or you're you're looking for an escape, or you're you're just aspiring to better yourself and find different qualities that you can kind of uh, assimilate. Yeah. Or it's a combination of all three. Um but you know I I think uh I I think there's a lot of that though as far as comics go. Mm. We were uh, we were talking a little bit off the uh off the uh, off the mic and off the recordings, we were talking about the '90s and the 2000s of the comic world and the movie world too. The movie world was flourishing because we were now seeing comic book movies taken seriously. You know, I mean, granted, they didn't have the kind of budget that they do now. Oh, oh, dude, by a landslide. Yeah, you're right. Like these movies now have like 100 million dollar fucking deals going on, if not any more. You know. Yeah, I I think BBS, if anything, was around 200 million. Yeah. It was, it was just, it was insane. Now it, to to bring that kind of money to a movie in the nineties, it's 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 almost not like career suicide because you remember ninety seven. You know Tim Burton wrote the script for uh, Superman Lives. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and even then, like a, a superhero film was kind of a kind of a kind of a stigma. Like, yeah. um, you know, he barely got uh, Batman pushed through. Yeah. It was just way. I think what happened was Warner Brothers was like, "Well, we don't want things to be too dark," and that's where they got Joel Schumacher from. And from there on, it's like it went from the really dark but very creative, because Tim Burton's a creative dude. I mean, you, yeah. you can't shit on this man. This man has a resume that people would love to die for, you know. No, Lord, you know, let alone anything, you know, of of merit that he's done. He's done a, a hell of a lot of work, but. Uh, yeah, it's we, we talked about a couple things. Um, we talked about how DC was kind of flourishing with their cartoons. If I could think of one thing out of DC that was just badass back then, it was cartoons. Cartoons, cartoons, cartoons. BTAS. That's all I got to say. You know, it was it was uh, Batman Beyond was amazing. Um, I'm trying to think of any other. I mean, the Justice League of not anything, but that came out 2000, right? Uh, yeah, uh, I think Justice League was a little a little later. Yeah. I could I could have sworn that was the case. Superman, but then again, not really a Superman fan here, so um, I was kind of like ducking and dodging the whole idea of it. And then when the Doomsday ca- cartoon came out, I was like, "Yay!" 
die, bitch, die. Because <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, the fucking character. Like, he just... I get salty, guys. Whenever... When, there's two things that will probably have a reoccurring thing on the show is Howard the Duck and Superman. Because Howard the Duck is my uh, is my dog. Not really a dog, but anyway. Um, So, is that... And then Superman just makes me salty. So, if we, you had questions... Don't bring a Superman question to me, please. Please don't. So you're not happy with the scrapped plot of uh, that Superman movie they were supposed to make. I'm not happy with anything, where, Superman. Where, where, where Superman's son comes back and is supposed to be evil. Yeah, like, oh, God you're, damn it, you're, fuck. You're not happy with that. No, I'm not happy with that. Okay, the Man of Steel ending we got was the best ending they could have done. Because the ending they were going to do was not Zod, but they were going to snap his son's neck off. And I feel like if you do that, you might as well scrap the whole fucking thing and go ahead and make something new. See, I think Man of Steel made made Superman more relatable. And, And that's why I love Man of Steel. I say that loosely because, you know, the DCEU, there's very limited things we can point out that we love. There are some hits, there are some misses, but ultimately, you what you will, you love. Mm-hmm. You know, like for example, I, I think I, I stand with uh, the world's greatest detective on the fact that both of us don't shoot down bats versus soups as much as many people do. Yeah, I I, th- I think that movie got a bad rep just because. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of people look for things that they can have issues with. Just, just so they can have issues. Yeah, that's simply put. You know, just, just so they can feel important for a minute and just shit on a movie that they had no hand in making. Yeah. You know, um, I gave it a six out of ten in terms of that. There was a couple things, but ultimately, I think all in all, when we're talking about the DCEU, there are again hits, hits and misses. Man of Steel got a seven out of ten for me because. You managed to take concepts that I normally would not think were going to make any bit of sense because we've seen this shit before. I've seen Christopher Reeves do it. Uh, Brandon Routh, who did the uh, the Superman Returns movie, which, uh, let's just be honest, um, Kevin Spacey was the only real thing in that movie that I actually would grant as credible. Like, as far as Man of Steel goes, though, we've never seen really where he comes from, like, to this extent, except for, you know, in the comics. Um, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't think like cinematically we've ever really seen what Krypton looks like, and and this movie gave us that, and I think that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, most um, definitely. And it's, I mean, say what you want about the DCEU, but it's got some really great, you know, cinematography in there, and you've got these these really striking moments, um, you know, whether you like the story or whether you hate the story. You really can't deny that they were they were doing the, their best to bring these characters to the big screen, have them remain faithful enough to you know your your regular fans, but change just enough to appeal to your general audience too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I feel you honestly. Now, when we go back in time a bit where it's like the late 90s, 2000s, there were a few movies that I feel like really had the edge to bring what we now have. Like, if I was to think about uh, 93, 94, I mean, we did have the Batmans. I was about to say, don't don't say X3. No, we're not. We're, no, no. Thank God a Days of Future <laughs> Past for that damn movie because that movie got rid of X3 because that was a terrible fucking X-Men movie. Um, Origins too, but I think for obvious reasons. Um but like with, you know, the late '90s, you had movies like Blade, you know. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah. Blade was fucking beautiful, you know. Spawn. Spawn's a guilty pleasure because that Chihuahua is not Satan. <laughs> that Chihuahua is not fucking. If nostalgia critic ever showed us anything, is that's not Satan. That could be the Chihuahua from the Taco Bell commercials. I'm really I mean, calling. No, I feel like they shake because they're so filled with hate. I mean, like that. That's an. That, that's some crazy shit. And the CG was. On that, it was like C graded CG that was going on. That was that shit you found on your computer. The African cinema. You know, the African cinema. You know, <laughs> shouts out to African cinema for our sponsor. 
I don't. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna get that. Um, Fuck. But, <laughs> um, but like, I mean, what can they really throw in but a couple dollars and some change anyway? Uh, anyway, seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the the late nineties, two thousands really shaped things to be how they were, and as a result, we had we and we we got you know like obviously two thousand eight Iron Man, and then that kind of flourished into what was the conglomerate you know Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, which again, that's something huge. And you know, obviously, Marvel Fox took a bit of a risk and decided, well, fuck it, let's go ahead and, and finally green light a movie that I mean, dude, I come out and telling you that 2016 was probably really good for two main reasons. And uh, Deadpool. Yeah, I looked yeah. at my girlfriend when I said that, but, um, but yeah, Deadpool, dude, kicked everything's ass, you know, but. Th- Without these movies, I think me and you could both agree, without these movies to pave the way, none of this probably would have been the case. Yeah, the uh, the, the movies are kind of a, uh, definitely kind of a gateway into uh, the comic world, I well, think. And I think that's what these companies are anticipating on, is that you'll... You'll you'll check out these movies. You'll you'll get invested in these characters, and you'll think, oh oh damn, I, I want to read more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what happened to me. Um, you know, I I, I liked Batman. I, I started catching on a little more and more. And then by the time I saw BVS, I was like, holy shit, this is a really cool iteration of this character. But what are they doing in comics currently? So you know, I started reading the Rebirth stuff. And uh, I started liking that more and more. Mm. But um, holy shit! Yeah, it's 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 super late when we're recording this. It's like four in the morning. Yeah, we're just like right well, after New Year's. Yeah, like we just came back from a New Year's party, and so we're just kind of like just yeah. So I'm gonna lose my train of thought. That's, you know, that's gonna happen. It's all good, brother. Trust me, um, I got this. Um, we will definitely go ahead and start our. Uh, we do have separate little segments that we're going to cover. I, uh, from this point forward, Kyle is going to cover a lot of the gaming aspects. So a lot of the gaming news that does come up, Kyle will definitely go ahead and either answer questions or he'll definitely cover any news stories that happen with anything gaming related. I'm going to cover what ifs, things that could have happened that probably didn't happen, and thank God they fucking didn't. And uh, the bad comics, because who doesn't love a fucking badass comic? The kind of comic that you read, and you're kind of like, "What the fuck is this shit? Am I seeing right now?" Like, yeah, no, no, John, we're not, we're not talking badass comics. We're talking bad comics, like horse shit, like terrible comics, like just is 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 the plot line as loose as Martha Stewart's vagina. That's how bad this shit is. Like, I wouldn't wipe my ass for the sake of my ass being dirtier. Because of this comic. Just, oh my god. You remember that scene from the second Harold and Kumar movie? Where, like, they're in the interrogation room, and the guy takes the paper, and he wipes his ass with it. And then the one guy that's Kumar's friend's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Do you wipe? And it's just like, it's just big-ass fucking shit stain. That's what we're talking about. A big-ass fucking shit stain of what, I mean, and and this is something that everyone can relate to. Um, and, And we'll talk about those. But, Kyle... Has uh, definitely a lot of gaming news to get into, and I'm gonna give it to him. As I know, it's four in the morning, but we're powering through this. By the way, once again, happy New Year to all you guys out there um, from us. And let's uh, let's really root for the movies of 2018, because uh, oh, for the love of God! Uh, what's up, dude? Yeah, so I mean, I, on the gaming aspect, um, you know, I, I kind of want to bring up, you know, what what the hell is happening? With the gaming industry nowadays. What's up? Now, I, I know, just in general, we had that whole loot box fiasco from uh, Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for all you Star Wars fans out there, like, you know, like 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 me and John, uh, if, if, you, if you want a good Star Wars game, uh, 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 get on Steam and, and just, just, just download everything that came out pre-2006. That's, that's it. That's all I have for you. <laughs> because you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not gonna find anything. Star Wars games are, they're still getting shit on. Um, Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, we had something really good in Star Wars thirteen thirteen, and uh, Disney decided, you know what? People don't want that. People want a multiplayer experience. Uh, so uh, yeah, go fuck yourself, thirteen thirteen. 
and they just scrapped it. Jesus Christ. And that was that was upsetting to a lot of people, but let's be real here. The reason they scrapped it wasn't because people want a multiplayer experience over, you know, a single player one. Mm-hmm. They scrapped it because they can't monetize it. There's there's no way to to treat that game as a service, as these companies are calling it. Yeah. Um, there, there's, there's, there's no way to make your money after that initial retail copy's been sold. So how do they do that? Uh, loot boxes, I guess, is the new thing. Uh, okay, you got to help me out with this one. Loot boxes. Loot boxes. So the, the basically the definition of it is, is it's a gambling system. By the way, I am genuinely wondering what the fuck are loot boxes. So he is running with this with me because, uh, dude, I'm probably as dumbfounded as, as some people who've been out of it for a little bit. I'm just like, what the fuck is it? It sounds like a super fucking loot crate box. Uh, it, it kind of. Basically, it's a gambling system. So let's say, you know, they'll they'll set a price. They'll be like, all right, uh, it's it's a dollar box for like five items. Okay. Or you can pay nine ninety nine and get twenty items, right? And it 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 kind of entices people because they go, hey, you could get this really super rare thing. Mm-hmm. Or you could get absolute trash. Um, and they control the drop rates and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that would be fine if it wasn't tied to the game's progression. Um, the major problem they had with Battlefront 2 was the fact that these loot boxes were integral to how you progress. So um, you get these these things called star cards. Okay. And these star cards are basically your abilities, like you, you know, like your, your your grenades in Call of Duty and stuff. That would be your your quote unquote card that you have to you play it, and then you have a cooldown. You know, so you throw your grenade, and you got like twenty seconds before it comes back. And uh, these loot boxes help you upgrade these cards to get stuff like you know more damage, slower cooldown. Basically, helps you become better. Okay. Um, and you could, this was a game where you could just pay to win, like all the way. And, uh, a lot of, um, a lot of players were upset about that okay. just because it was so tied to the progression. If you gave it something to where it was like, a, it was just a skin, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, uh, let me look cool. Like if I want to pay to look cool, fine. You know, uh, but don't, don't, don't tie it to the progression. Because then you're 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 preying on a gamer's competitive need. Um, as as a community, gamers are always you know hey I need to be on top of the leaderboard. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to do that and to stay competitive, you're probably gonna wind up spending you know a hundred dollars or something post the sixty that you drop for this game. Yeah, and uh, that's that's what they're expecting and that's what they're anticipating on. So that that whole situation's over and done with now, but it leaves room for it to come up in the future with other games. Yeah, most definitely. So, anyway, dig- digressing from the whole loot box issue because Jesus, I I really don't want to get into that tonight on on the sole fact of fucking EA. I think the two letters alone body them already as it is. EA had a horrible fucking track record of just how they are. I mean, we can look at, like, Mass Effect, which is one of my favorite games. I mean, what they fucking did to 3, and then they gave us a director's cut. It's almost like explaining a fucking joke. If I make a joke, then I have to fucking explain the joke. Not only is it bad alone, because I had to explain it, but now it's like, did you really have to explain, like, for example, if it was a bad joke. I gotta explain a bad joke, because that's what the fuck the ending to Mass Effect was. Like it was, and none of the, and the worst part about it was Kyle. I think you, I think you and I both know this from Mass Effect. A lot of the gameplay decisions you made out of one and two followed you in the next game. None of the decisions followed once you were done. It's like, wait a minute, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. So it's it's a lot of that, and the the, the damn shame of it is that they used to be good. Um, they used to produce, you know, quality quality games, quality experiences, and uh, you know, I only have to look at Knights of the Old Republic for that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people forget that that was an EA game. You know, it may have been like co-developed with them by Bioware, 
but it, it definitely was published by EA. Yeah, which BTW, for those that don't know, um, I mean, Knights of the Old Republic is probably what a lot of us really gravitated to. I mean, I almost fell the fucking eighth grade because I played that game because you could just dump so many hours into it. It's unreal, you know? Yeah, and, and you know, I think... I think a lot of it has to do with the cost of making these games nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, you you didn't have, you know, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people working on, on, on one title around the world back then. You know, you had maybe a, a relatively small team of 30, 40, maybe even 50. So games have gotten harder to code. There's, there's more lines of code that go into it. You know, the... Um, the production value is much higher. If you're making something licensed and not indie like Star Wars, um, you know you you need to contact whoever is the owner of that source material. You yeah, know, you know whatever sounds, copyrights, whatever you gotta pull on board. You know that costs money. So, I feel like uh, I I think companies are are trying to turn a profit from these games. Yeah. And a lot of that's hard to do uh, based on the fact that, you know, you have your initial retail release, which is $60. And uh, after that, you really don't see any revenue from that game. Like, there's no... There, there's there's nothing protecting it like a movie. Like, this, this was explained to me a while ago. And it's four in the morning, so my description's probably going to be really fucked up, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, with a movie, you have, like, you have rentals, um, and you, you know, you used to have Blockbuster, but that's kind of gone now. Yeah. Um, you have uh, your streaming services, like uh, Netflix. Just to let you know, um, I thought it would be a fun fact if I told you. Um that uh, there is one blockbuster video that actually exists. I don't know if you knew that. And for those that don't, there's actually one that actually still exists, and it's in Alaska. I know, random as hell, but if you guys are ever wondering whatever happened to Blockbuster, yeah, it did fade out of obscurity because of just the fact that, dude, do you really need to go anywhere where you can get Gamefly or... or, or I mean, I actually, I actually did see that, the, the last blockbuster with that Twitter handle. Yeah. I'm like, bro, this, this shit doesn't exist anymore. But anyways, that's just a little side note, a little side piece. But go ahead, continue, Kyle. But yeah, yeah, you got your, you know, you got your rentals, uh, you got your streaming services, and sure, I mean, you can stream games too, but who the fuck does that? You know, let's let's be really honest about it. Yeah. Um, unless you have, like, ridiculous internet, which, you know, I don't. <laughs> and... Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's so many ways to, you know, sell somebody a DVD and, uh, with games, they just don't have that. You've got the initial $60 purchase and that's basically it. Yeah. Um, so these companies are looking for other ways where they can make revenue off of these games and loot boxes are a big part of that. And DLC is a big part of that Yeah. to try to cover production costs. And that's, I don't know, I, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. That's just, you know, the name of the industry. Like, these games, some of them take longer than a movie to develop. You know? Like, some of them will take four years. You can have out a movie in two and a half. Pretty much, yeah. That same kind of time frame, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's these developers got to make a living, too. And you know you want to you want to defend them so they keep making material that you want to play, but at the same time it gets ridiculous with this stuff, you know, with loot boxes and stuff like that. Hopefully, we don't have some for like Capcom and Street Fighter. It sounds like this is like a whole overall gaming thing. Am I correct? It's it's getting there, man, and that's why there's such pushback with with you know the new the more recent Star Wars game. Yeah, they feel that you know you you give somebody an inch they take a mile. Yeah. So they say, oh, they're fine with the loot boxes over here. Let's 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 put them over here too. Yeah. Um, I'd heard it was so bad that it felt like you had bought a game for sixty dollars, and it turned out to be a mobile game. 
Oh shit! Like, and you you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like I, I think if anything, Square Enix had the same problem with Kingdom Hearts because they were just like shooting so much fucking games out of the woodwork. They had like 358 slash two days. They had Birth by Sleep, and then they had Coded, which was for the mobile phone. And like they just were like they were gonna work on it, and make it something huge, and then they're like, ah, mobile phone. I'm like, you think anyone's really gonna play this shit on a mobile phone? Yeah. Like to be real. Um. It's it's yeah it's it's a giant clusterfuck. But uh, I hadn't I haven't read anything on it recently, so yeah. like I guess the you know the the, the buzz around there has kind of died down a little bit. But it was it was just crazy to me that you would pay you would drop sixty dollars for this game, and then you know wind up having to fork out for all these loot boxes that are tied to your integral progression. Yeah. Mm. Damn, that's just something I probably have to look into. I've I've never actually have never heard of that shit. It's actually pretty surprising. Um. So yeah, like I said before, guys, if uh, any at all any new stories pop up for gaming whatsoever. Kyle's definitely going to be covering it on his end, so that way, you know, you get his opinion, his side of the story. Obviously, I'm going to give comments, but Kyle's the one that kind of leads the way on that. I mean, Game Informer sends me an issue every month, even though I ask him not to. This is why we don't go to GameStop anymore. <laughs> you know, you go to GameStop, and they're just like, hey, do you want a Game Informer magazine? No. Okay, well, that's going to be like uh, 60 bucks for this game. Great. Do you want Game Informer magazine? No. Okay. Do you want a sticker? I'll take the sticker. Do you want a game for a magazine? Fuck you. I don't want that, and I, I really want my game right now. They'll ask you a numerous amount of fucking times, and then by the time you know it, it'll be in your mailbox next week. Here's my favorite, is they'll ask you if you want a physical or a digital copy, and you'll swear by digital. You'll be Wait, like, that's just, a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll swear by digital. You'll be like, yo, just send it to my fucking email, and I'll read it as a PDF later. I don't care. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, great. Well, you'll have one in your mailbox tomorrow. God damn it! That's not what I wanted. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll have your email and everything. You never gave it to them. Yo, <laughs> that's a, that's on that slick shirt right there. You know, look up on your phone number. Just oh my god, that's crazy. But um, the last thing we're gonna be doing is the what ifs. Um, I'm only gonna do what ifs, not the bad comics tonight because it is four. Um, the what ifs. The one of the biggest what ifs is going to be. Get ready for this. Spider Man Four. Oh, oh, Jesus. Um, so, as you all know, the you know, Raimi trilogy was pretty much the only trilogy. You know, there wasn't a movie after 3. Well, there actually was. But um, we can start from the top on 3 before anything. There was an ongoing war between the Zo- Sony executives and Sam Raimi. And this was behind closed doors way, you know, as far as, like, years after, like, Sam Raimi got into some interviews after he does all these great horror movies. And he talked about it. He talked about the fact that 3 was not really good because he only understood so much about Venom. Avi Arad, which the one he, he kind of runs the show along with Amy Pascal over in, in Sony. Um... You know, they came out and they were talking about they wanted Venom. They wanted Venom. They wanted Venom. And I'm just like, when I'm when I'm reading this and I'm I'm kind of getting my whole little research together, I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck do you need Venom? You already have the Sandman. You already have New Goblin. Why the fuck do you need? You know what I'm saying? Like it did not make any sense. Um, and so when three was conceived, Venom was kind of randomly thrown out there, and, and to everyone's surprise, it just felt weird and out of place. Kyle, like, how did how did how did Spider Man three feel to you? Uh, just packed. You know, it 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 honestly felt like I was on an Asian bullet train with all the fucking villains around everywhere. Oh my god! You had like, what was it? I mean, I guess it was kind of apropos Spider Man three, and you had like three villains. Mm-hmm. What did you have? You had Harry, uh, you had Venom, and, and you had Sandman. Sandman. Yeah. And. uh that was just holy shit. Yeah, um, and and then I guess you had Parker if you wanted to count a, him as a villain against himself, because mm-hmm. you know he, he was kind of an asshole in that movie. If we're being honest. Yeah. Um, and, and Spider-Man three obviously was not uh, well received by a lot of us. I mean, we saw it and we were like, "What the fuck are we seeing right now?" Um, but there was a fourth that was supposed to happen. Uh, Sam was wanting to make the greatest one. Uh, he was trying to make a Spider-Man on a high note. After the colossal fucking disaster that was three. And uh, what happened was um, he wrote a script, he got it going, and then he hired a lot of people. 
you know, for this project. And it was Amy Pascal versus Sam Raimi. And and the first thing she did was, um, by the way, at the time when this happened, he had someone write the script, which keep in mind, the person that wrote the script wrote the reboot that later came out. Damn. So just keep that in mind. The guy that wrote four wrote the shit for the amazing Spider-Man. So just keep that in mind. Um, so he wrote down the script for four. And everything was a go. Everything was ready to go and everything. And it was to the point that Amy brought up, well, why don't you do a reboot? And this infuriated Sam to the point where he was done. This man worked on Spider-Man for 10 fucking years. He's, he's, die, he's done. He's tired. He's weary. This man has probably never seen his family. Hell, he's probably never seen White Sox in 10 years. Holy shit. You know, like this man is just like slaving off the idea of Spider-Man. And it's like, dude, what do you go from there? You know, like after you've worked on it for so fucking long, what do you do after that? Like a fourth movie. It's like, what the fuck? So finally he goes into the office. He talks to Amy, which I don't know if you ever heard of this conversation, but this actually did get leaked in an interview. So he sits down with Amy and he's like, listen, um, I'm tired and you can do the reboot that you have been pushing for for so long. This is how much of a bitch I think this woman is. She came out and she was like, well, thank you for not wasting the studio's time and money. And I appreciate your service. Damn. And then from there, it was all downhill from there. And Spider-Man 4 had a couple cool things to it, but then it had a really shit amount of things about it. Like the beginning of the movie was supposed to start with Spider-Man bringing in Mysterio. Oh, God. Which was supposed to be played by Bruce Campbell. Oh, God. Which... Be honest with you, Bruce Campbell's cool, so I'll let it go. But there's other things like the Vulture was supposed to be in the in the movie. Now, before you guys go ahead and say, "Well, the Vulture was in Spider-Man: Homecoming," yeah, the the Vulture we were gonna get in this movie was an actual old man in a Vulture suit. I'm all for comic book accuracy. Not here. No. God, not here. I can't see a grown man in a suit Please, like that. Please, not here. I don't need a grown man in a leotard with green wings. This is why you don't sniff glue when you're young. Exactly. You know, because it's just this is what happens. You know, because you will wind up as the vulture. You you know who was was casted as the vulture? John Malkovich. Old ass John Malkovich with a vulture suit. My man and then, would be in a green leotard with wings in a retirement home. Yo, just flying right into the bingo hall. <laughs> B-19, you know, but, uh, and then, uh, Felicia Hardy was supposed to be in the movie too as Black Cat, but they were going to change her character once she kind of knew she was working for Vulture and they were going to call her the Vultress. Oh, God damn it. And I was like, Sam, what are you doing? What the fuck are you, uh, this kiss can't be you. This has to be the guy that wrote the damn script because he has no idea what the fuck Spider-Man's all about and he just fucked everything up. The it's gotta w- be. He's... So easy of a fucking character. Just learn the fucking villains. Hell, the Sinister Six would have been cool to bring in this whole thing. It would have been forced, but it would have been better than this. You know? Um, so there you have it. You know, this could have been something that would have been good or bad, depending on how people look about it. I mean, now that you have Spider-Man in the MCU, which, you know, I laugh because this is not Amy Pascal's decision. They were going to make... Get ready for this. They were going to make an Aunt May movie if they would have fucking continued. Oh, Jesus. They had no idea what the hell they were doing. So uh, here, here's a what if I wanted to talk about. Yeah, bring it up. I don't know if you were aware of this, but uh, Batman and Robin had a planned sequel. Yeah. If it was going to happen, yeah, it was going to be a sequel. Uh, Batman Unchained. I didn't know the title, though. Yeah, Batman Unchained. So, you know, same old bullshit directed by Schumacher. Um, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and do the writer a favor and leave him unmentioned because you know it's ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's ass. Just just straight, just booty butt cheeks. A- apparently, some themes uh, from the script were later used in Batman Begins, but uh, the, the the casting was as follows: Clooney okay. as Batman, O'Donnell as uh, Robin, uh, Silverstone as Batgirl. You know, Michael Goh as uh, Alfred. Uh, Nicolas Cage as Scarecrow. What the fuck? Nicolas Cage as Jonathan Crane. Uh, Courtney Love as Harley Quinn. 
Pat Hingle as wait what Gordon? No, no, no. You gotta rewind that again. Courtney Love as Co- Cor- Harley Quinn. Courtney Love as Harley Quinn. I mean, in their defense, uh, you know, opium's not a great drug to take when you're making films. <laughs> in their in their defense, the site that the 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 site I'm sourcing here says the actress was never actually hired. Wait, what? However, Nicolas Cage's role was offered. Um, he 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 dodged two movies in the in the nineties. Both Superman Lives and this shit. Yo, career killers. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, these are, I'm kind of all for, I guess, uh, Nicholson, DeVito, uh, Pfeiffer, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, and uh, Carrie were supposed to return as their respective villains. Um, and I, I, I don't know, dude, this, this fucking thing, like, it, it's just, if, if Batman and Robin didn't kill you know the, the the cinematic franchise for Batman. Uh, this movie would have done it. Yeah, if this, we're if we're being real honest about it. You know we got to bring one last movie, and this will be the last one we bring up: the 2006 Justice League movie that never happened. Hmm. That was that was a huge one because I remember when that was going on, everyone was getting all hype and shit for that movie. I actually didn't hear about this. Um. So basically, in 2006. They they had an idea for an overall Justice League movie. And the Justice League movie, um, I mean, if you want to look it up right now, you can. Um, that'd be I mean, probably helpful to look up the cast and the crew of it. Um, but they were really going to go with it. They actually had an idea of a Justice League movie to do. Um, uh, Army Hammer was supposed to really be, uh, I think, Hal Jordan. Um, Megan Gale as uh, Wonder Woman, which I, I kind of see where they were coming from with that. But, I mean... Honestly, I have my picks for for Diana. This was not really one of them. Um, I forgot who the fuck they had for Batman. As he's looking at this, by the way. Let me see. Did you find it? We're looking right now, guys. Maybe. They're like so looking right now. It's it's a movie that a lot of people have talked about because it's like, dude, you know, this is something that was supposed to be, you know, like this was supposed to really start like the superhero team thing, you know. And it's only surprising six years later you had the the Avengers kind of be the one thing that started it, you know. But um, it re- main reason why is because Warner Brothers doesn't have any, they don't have any patience and they have no faith in shit. That's the problem. That's why the Just Shit League did really terrible in theaters. For those people that want to go ahead and defend the movie to Kingdom Come, I'm sorry. You can't defend that movie to me because the way they brought back Superman is hilarious. The way that you had Steppenwolf being treated like a stepchild is hilarious. It's not Steppenwolf. It's Stepchild because the second Superman came up, Superman's just like dodging shit. He's just like, oh, you're funny. You're too slow. Just and just like it's like Goku just going up and just taking on Cell Super Saiyan three. At the same time, though, I I think that's what it was supposed to be, because uh, you know if you think about it, a mother box is what he was revived with. I'm glad you and told that's, me that's that's kind of a like a a cube of pure energy, basically. I'm glad you told me what the fuck that was because so you 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 kind of kickstarted his powers, but. Yeah. I mean, it did a fairly good job of telling you what a mother box was. It was like, you know, you bring the three together and you can basically destroy a planet. I'm glad, though, you told me what the fuck it was. Because I thought it was an evolved version of a fucking boombox. God damn it. I really, I was like, yo, they're going to bring music as the enemy. And then you were like, no, John, that's part of the comic. I'm like, oh. Well, fuck me, then. It, yeah. It, it's. Like, I'm glad you explained that to me. But um, he's looking up the 2006 Justice League movie. That's um, yeah, it's hard to find. Oh, hold on. I don't even think they actually casted it. Yes, I believe they did. Uh, let me see. He was like Army Hammer is like fucking. It's it's much harder to find now that the 2017 movie is out. Yeah, there's a lot of buzz about that. But it was it was really really cool. But shouts have to cut short for basically doing a lot of the what ifs. Um, that and he did in his own version. I'm doing it where it's like you know, hey, 
I'm doing it where I want to be able to tell what was the facts versus kind of our initial opinion. That's kind of what it is. So, so it says um, in 2006, after Superman Returns uh, didn't do so well at the box office, uh, they decided to produce a live-action Justice League movie to uh, cash in on the cartoon's popularity and uh, maybe jumpstart spin-off franchises with the team's members. So a script was written, um, which quote-unquote made the Warner executives very happy, and the movie would be set in the same universe as Batman Begins and Superman Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it just it goes into the plot here of what it was. I mean, it was a real it was a real plot. Be. Um, real plans. Warner hired George Miller to direct it. Mm-hmm. Planned to have a big ensemble cast: uh, Brandon Ruth returning as Superman, Bale returning as Batman. Uh, Jessica Biel as Wonder Woman, Anton Yelchin as The Flash, Columbus Short as Green Lantern. Uh, this one is just what the fuck. Bring it on. Uh, DiCaprio as Aquaman. What the fuck? Okay, I didn't get that one. Um, what? Lawrence Fishburne as Martian Manhunter. My nigga can stay as Morpheus. Damn. Uh, uh, Scarlet Joe is Talia. That, I mean, that doesn't sound. I'd rather have her as Talia than her as Black Widow. I'm sorry. That doesn't sound character. bad to me. Um, Mel Gibson as Maxwell Lord. Well, I think I think everyone and, uh, could. Oh, hey, of... and Kevin Spacey as Luthor, returning. Well, let's just be quite frank. Ever since the Weinstein shit happened, I don't think we're ever gonna get Spacey a jack shit. Yeah, probably not. That man's probably going to do African movie cinema. Oh, shit. So, apparently, um, Nolan felt the movie would damage the image of the sequel of Batman Begins, uh, uh, namely The Dark Knight, already in production. So, Warner decided to rewrite the movie as not being connected to the Nolanverse. So, that... Along with fan backlash and expensive taxes charged by the Australian government, I guess to you know film there or what have you, um, they settled for a lesser cast. With what the fuck? All right, uh, DJ Katrona as Superman. I don't know who the fuck that is. Uh, <laughs> Army Hammer as Batman. Oh, okay, he's Batman. Hal Jordan. Yeah. Um, Megan Gale is Wonder Woman. Adam Brody is the Flash. Who the fuck is Common? Uh, Common as Green Lantern. <laughs> uh, it's a rapper, buddy. Oh well, you know he can stay out of my Hal Jordan movie. <laughs> oh my and, uh, god, yo, it's it's very common for Kyle to point out that uh, if you're not a acclaimed actor, say the fuck out of his movies. Yeah, well, it's it's not even that. It's just you know, your name is Common. Like, well, I, I, I will I will say this. Common is is a good, not only a good rapper, but he's also in John Wick too. Is is he? He's really fucking good in John Wick too. Let me let me look this man up. Yeah, let Common's me. pretty pretty awesome. It gave Keanu Reeves a run for his money, beating his fucking ass down towards some cobblestone steps. I can't I can't judge that. Uh, yeah. If you were doing John Stewart, I could see it. I think that's what they were shooting for. If you were doing John Stewart, yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah, he was in um, Hell on Wheels. Then it looks like. Oh shit. Uh, oh, Santiago. Yeah, hold on a second. Um, Anton Yelchin, I think he was part of the. Uh, thank, thank you to my uh, my girlfriend. She actually was is listening to this, and she actually did send me an edit here over one of the actors that was part of this Justice League thing. Anton Yelchin died in 2017 from a tragic accident. Wait, is this happened today? Oh crap! Um, damn. Like people know him from like the Star Trek movies, um, Odd Thomas, and for any Tom Hilston or Tilda Swinton fans, he was also in Only Lovers Left Alive. So um, yeah. Yeah. Holy crap! Damn. Tragic accident too. Well, is is I don't want to. I mean, close off on on this end. That's just crazy though. As far as 
you know, he sounds like he had the, the resume for this. I mean, obviously. I mean, if you're going to put someone in a Justice League movie, you, you damn well better have someone like up on the ready for this. It, it just sucks that that movie didn't happen. And as a result, I mean, they went on and, and I mean, he, he obviously did too. And then he died. Yeah. That's, the, just, that's just very tragic to hear that. But the unfortunate part is he was on the, um, he was on the more expensive of the, uh, the, the casting list, uh, as the flash. Uh, you know what? Looking at pictures of him, I, I think I can see Barry Allen. I get a Barry Allen feel from him too. Yeah. Um, let me see who else they got. It's either him or Dylan O'Brien. I get uh, this this kind of yeah. I get this kind of like feeling like Barry Allen or Wally West or some shit like that. I get that feeling. Even though I'm gonna have Dylan is either um, Wally West or what I wanted it to be in the MCU was was Peter. I wanted him as as, as Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I feel like he an, an older but still like gravitated high school Peter. With let's just say for example now with the Marvel Fox acquisition, Deadpool. But Tom Holland kicked ass, so I can't say that anymore. That man does his own stunts. He can't argue. So. Um, but guys, um, yes, we're gonna end off the the uh, the episode uh, with not only the fact that it's 2018, but uh, stay safe, Happy New Year. And uh, this is the Trigger Happy Chatterbox. And this is the world's greatest detective. Dead back. Love you guys. Hold on to what's golden. Oh, yes. We're taking back to the days of yes, y'all. We're holding on to what's golden. On the stage, I'm raging, I'm rolling. We're not calling. We're taking back to the days of yes, y'all. We're holding on to what's golden. On the stage, I'm raging, I'm rolling.